must follow home. I must follow something true. I must follow home. It's everything you can find. All the love you thought you left behind. Hold it up and darkness falls away. Take the memories from your shoe, dust them off and make them true. Hold them up and darkness falls away. Hold them up and love will lead the way. I'm wearing is made of paint. The world of nothing is growing faint, and I must follow something new. I must follow. Take the memories from your shoe, dust them off and make them true. Hold them up and darkness falls away. Hold them up and love will lead the way. The sky above me. Good morning. You are listening to the lesson of the day right here on Voice from Heaven. I am glad you're listening. 
Today we have a great lesson. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, um, I love that song, I must follow home, huh? I must follow true. Hmm? That has become a reality for you. You must follow the light back home, right? This world is not home to you. Hmm? You don't belong here, right? And you know it, right? So these lessons is are merely just a reminder of your true home in heaven, right? These these lessons are just um, the uh, undoing of you in your idea of yourself um, through the miracle to the rem to the memory of God in you. And we have arrived at lesson 13, right? It being the 13th of January in your workbook. And we are going to read first, as we do every time, the introduction to the workbook lessons of A Course in Miracles. <clears throat> and it says, A theoretical foundation such as the text provides is necessary as a framework to make the exercises in this workbook meaningful, and yet it is doing the exercises that will make the goal of the course possible. An untrained mind can accomplish nothing. Okay, so we're training our mind to think in a completely different and new manner. And that different and new manner is the opposite of the thinking of the world, excuse me. <laughs> it's the opposite of the thinking of the world, right? It's not the same. It's the opposite in every regard. Hmm? It is the purpose of this workbook to train your mind to think along the lines that the text sets forth, right? You're being asked to think anew, to think differently, to get out of your habitual um, a way of thinking that is the source of all your suffering. Right? That's the source of all your forgetting. Hmm? It's the reason you're here. Hmm? Or you at least appear to be here. Correct? So that new way of thinking is what these lessons are trying to bring about. Hmm? We call this the transformation of minds. Okay, the exercises are simple, they don't require a great deal of time, it doesn't matter when you do them, they need no preparation, and there's 365 of them. Now, the workbook is divided into two main sections. The first dealing with the undoing of the way that you see now, and the second with the acquisition of true perception. I love it. So you have one idea for each day. And okay, it says here the purpose of the workbook is to train your mind in a systematic way to a different perception of everyone and everything in the world. There's a logic behind this training, right? A systematic way. There is a way that you train your mind um, so that it makes sense, right? It starts with the undoing of all your ideas and all your beliefs that you now hold, right? That's going to require a little willingness, right? But the willingness shouldn't be too hard when you accept or when you discover 
that it's those ideas that are hurting you, right? They're the cause of your suffering, <laughs> right? But they're your ideas. They're not someone else's. So you can change your mind about them, and that's what we're doing. So, um, and then the second part is the acquisition of true perception. The second part is, let's give you a couple of whole new ideas, right? That now... Um, allow you to think like it says along the lines that the text sets forth so this is a systematic training the exercises are planned to help you generalize the lessons so that you will understand that each of them is equally applicable to everyone and everything you see Transfer of training in true perception does not proceed as does transfer of the training of the world. Right? You're going to notice that this is not the way, you're, you're not going to learn the way you used to learn. We're not accumulating conceptual thoughts. We are um, um, practicing our minds. Um, in such a way that we don't allow it to make exceptions to uh, whatever idea we're practicing. And then we notice that if we are completely uncompromising with that single idea applied to a single person or event or thing, that it automatically generalizes to everything. That is what learning means. So the learning is not we're going to just gather information, but we're going to learn that every lesson is a special form of the general lesson, right? That you're going to have to learn, right? Uh, you, that, which is your whole and perfect as God created you, and that the learning really is your. Um, willingness to apply it to everyone, everything, every situation with no exception. Hmm? I love it. So, um, try, okay, we did that. If true perception has been achieved in connection with any person, situation, or event, total transfer to everyone and everything is certain. On the other hand, one exception held apart from true perception makes its accomplishments anywhere impossible. So that's the learning. And the learning is going to be just a little different. You know, every day you get a new idea, but the ideas are finally at its cause, as its source, all the same. And they're different forms of the same idea. And... Um, Every time the lesson is the same, right? Apply it, don't make any exceptions, right? Yeah, so, okay. The, the only general rules to be observed throughout then is first that the exercise should be practiced with great specificity as will be indicated. And this then will help you generalize the ideas involved to every situation in which you find yourself and to everyone and everything in it. Second, be sure that you do not decide for yourself that there are some people, situations or things to which the ideas are inapplicable. This will interfere with transfer of training. The very nature of true perception is that it has no limits. It is the opposite 
of the way you see now. So this is a very simple course. And this is a very simple course. All you're being asked, practice the idea that you're given for the day and, general, and, and, and allow this lesson to be applicable to every situation, everyone and everything in it. In other words, do not allow yourself to make exceptions. That's it. These are the instructions. Right? Not very hard. Right? You're not being asked to remember a whole lot. Just one idea. It's applicable to everything. No exceptions. Simple, right? The overall aim of the exercise is to, in is to increase your ability to extend the idea you will be practicing to include everything. This will require no effort on your part. The exercises themselves meet the conditions necessary for this kind of transfer. Now, some of the ideas that the workbook presents, you will find hard to believe and others might seem to be quite startling. This does not matter. You're merely asked to apply the ideas as you're directed to do. You're not asked to judge them at all. You're asked only to use them. It is their use that will give them meaning to you. And they will and will show you that they're true. Right? This is simply, okay, even if you don't believe it, if you find some resistance, why don't you just try it? Right? Follow the instructions, apply these lessons, regardless of what your ideas about it may be. And then you'll see, right, that they do work. That will hopefully then convince you that they're true. Right? If you see that conflict and that pain simply disappear because you are applying these lessons to your mind huh? and find yourself suddenly getting happy for no reason at all, uh, and less conflictual and more at peace and it seems to be increasing the more you practice it you go like oh, wait i don't know how this works right it's miraculous right you don't know how this works i might not have believed it um i didn't like it i had a great i had a lot of resistance against it but it seems to work right i can tell that it works okay so remember only this, you do not need to believe the ideas, you do not need to accept them, and you need not even welcome them. Some of them you may actively resist, none of this will matter. What's he trying to do? He's trying to get you to practice, right? He's trying to get you to practice and just let all your ideas about it go for just a minute. Right? Just let them all go. I mean, the problem is, you you, you know, you, you got to still get to lesson number one, which says nothing I see means anything, right? It is trying to get you to just start practicing them. And, and just for a moment, ignore your resistance. Ignore your own ideas. Because it will turn out that he's going to say, well, none of your ideas mean anything. Okay, so that is the introduction to the workbook. And then for today, we have the lesson num uh, in the workbook, uh, number 13, A Meaningless Worlds and Genders, Fear. Now, this, of course, is <clears throat> another form of the preceding one, right? Except 
that it is more specific as to the emotion aroused. Now, what was yesterday's lesson? I'm upset because I see a meaningless world, right? But of course, our upset, your upset, can take many forms, right? It can be anger, it can be fear, it can be depression, it can be loneliness, you, you name it, right? Your upset can come in many forms, right? He's going to call this death, right? He's going to call this idea death. Um, but now we're saying today that actually um, a meaningless world engenders fear. And the second line is actually a meaningless world is impossible. <laughs> that goes right to the core of this Course in Miracles, right? The fact of the matter is there is no world. So the world that you see is impossible and therefore what is impossible must be meaningless hmm? nothing without meaning exists however it does not follow that you will not think you perceive something that has no meaning right so let's look for a moment having said that so having said that a meaningless world does not exist because nothing without meaning exists, it doesn't follow that you do not think that it has no meaning. Huh? You do think it has meaning because what? Everything has a meaning for you. You have given everything all the meaning, remember lesson number two, that it has for you. So this is always like a little self-reflection, right? We're just going like, wait, I, I, okay, I get what this says, uh, but I look at my own mind and everything has a meaning for you. Good, but at least that's a good observation, correct? The next step, of course, is what? Let the meaning go. Let go what you think it is and what it means to you, because that is nothing, okay? On the contrary, you will be particularly likely to think you do perceive it, right? You do think that you perceive a world. You do think that everything has a meaning for you, right? But we got to start somewhere, right? That's a good observation. At least you're now aware of it, okay? All right. Recognition of meaninglessness arouses intense anxiety in all the separated ones. Okay. That's the reason of your fear. You're looking at something and it has no meaning. You put it there, right? It represents a situation in which God and the ego challenge each other as to whose meaning is to be written in the empty space that meaninglessness provides. Right? In your definition of yourself, right? You have literally projected a world out there that has no meaning. <clears throat> and because um, it is absolutely unacceptable as you define yourself that everything has no meaning, you will give it a meaning. Right? You're the cause of all this. And you have to give it meaning in order to be able to define yourself. That's it. Otherwise, you have no meaning either. Why? You don't have any meaning. Because what you think you are does not exist, is not real. Huh? I love this. So, it so recognition of meaninglessness 
arouses intense anxiety in all the separated ones. It represents a situation in which God and the ego challenge each other as to whose meaning is to be written in the empty space that meaninglessness provides. The ego rushes in frantically to establish its own ideas there, fearful that the void may otherwise be used to demonstrate its omnipotence. Wait, its own impotence. Oh, sorry. Uh, and on reality, I thought something wasn't right there. Okay. And on this alone, it is correct. Okay. And on that alone. Right? Because if it doesn't fill it in, you'll see immediately that what you are has no meaning and that you are not what you thought you were. Right? If you do not give everything around you a meaning by which you can define yourself as separate from that, right? You will see that you have no meaning yourself. Right? That the thing that you define yourself as has no reality hmm? so you have to fill it in because it's unacceptable that what you have created of yourself is completely meaningless hopefully hopefully now you've arrived at the point that you see this is actually your salvation right that the recognition that everything around you is meaningless including you is what your salvation is. If you're going to start laughing about the idea that none of this means anything, that you're completely meaningless, that um, none of this is so, that's a good sign, right? That's a good sign. Then you're 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 on your way, right? If you have find a lot of resistance, if you don't like it, well, the only thing you can always we always can point you to is the fact that what you think you are. Uh, your ideas about yourself are the cause of all your pain. Hopefully, hopefully, that will bring you then to the conclusion that you don't want it. Mm. Okay. It is essential, therefore, that you learn to recognize the meaningless and accept it without fear. If you are fearful, it is certain that you will endow the world with attributes that it does not possess and crowded with images that do not exist, right? Everything you, you um, I want to say created, but everything that you made is made out of fear. He says, every thing I see is a form of vengeance, right? Everything has been made by you out of fear, right? Uh, if you are fearful, it is certain that you will endow the world with attributes that it does not possess and crowd it with images, right? You people your world with images that do not exist. To the ego, illusions are safety devices, as they must also be to you who equate yourself with the ego, right? He just said, no, 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 you're not you know, you don't equate. No, you do. You do think you're your ego. Hey? That's a fact. You do think you're that self-identity. That's a fact. Hmm? So the exercises for today, which should be done about three or four times for not more than a minute or so, must each time, oh, uh, at most, uh, each time are to be practiced in a somewhat different way from the preceding ones. Today we're going to close our eyes 
We are going to repeat the idea to yourself. Okay, so you're going to close your eyes and you're going to repeat to yourself a meaningless world engenders fear. Right? A meaningless world engenders fear. Right? Because this statement to yourself, or repeat this statement to yourself as you look about. Oh, okay, so now you open your eyes, I'm sorry. And again, you open your eyes and now you're looking about you slowly and you're saying, I am looking at a meaningless world. Right? A meaningless world engenders fear. I am looking at a meaningless world. Repeat this statement to yourself as you look about and then close your eyes and conclude with a meaningless world and genders fear because I think I'm in competition with God. You may find it difficult to avoid resistance in one form or another to this concluding statement. Whatever form such resistance may take, Remind yourself that you are really afraid of such a thought because of the vengeance of the enemy. Right? You are afraid of God. Right? You have condemned him. So now you think he has condemned you. You cannot think about your creator in ideas other than you think about yourself. Right? You are not expected to believe the statement at this point and will probably dismiss it as preposterous. Note carefully, however, any signs of overt or covert fear which it might arouse. This is our first attempt at stating an explicit cause and effect relationship of a kind which you are very inexperienced in recognizing. Do not dwell on the concluding statement and try not even to think of it except during the practice periods that will suffice at present. Hmm? So a meaningless world engenders fear. That is the lesson for today. Okay? That is the lesson that you're going to take with you. Hmm? You're looking at a meaningless world and a meaningless world engenders fear. Okay. So let's take a moment, right? You have your instructions. Let's take a moment and um, practice this lesson. Um, and in the meantime, I will put on a little music. Uh, listen to this.
Thank you, Mitch. Gorgeous. Mm -hmm. So we are going to read a little from chapter 14, mm -hmm. section 4. <clears throat> Your function in the atonement. Your function in the atonement. We have a little bit of time left. So... All right, so here we go. When you accept a brother's guiltlessness, you will see the atonement in him. For by proclaiming it in him, you make it yours, and you will see what you sought. You will not see the symbol of your brother's guiltlessness shining within him while you still believe it is not there. His guiltlessness is your atonement, granted to him, and you will see the truth of what you have acknowledged. Yet truth is offered first to be received, even as God gave it first to his son. The first in time means nothing, but the first in eternity is God the Father, who is both first and one. Beyond the first there is no other, for there is no order, no second or third, and nothing but the first. You who belong to the first cause, created by him like unto himself and part of him, are more than merely guiltless. The state of guiltlessness is only the condition in which what is not there has been removed from the disordered mind that thought it was. This state and only this must you attain, with God beside you. For until you do, you will still think that you are separate from him. You can perhaps feel his presence next to you, but you cannot know that you are one with him. This cannot be thought, be taught. Learning applies only to the condition in which it happens of itself. When you have let all that obscured the truth in your most holy mind be undone for you, and therefore standing grace before your Father, he will give himself to you as he has always done. Giving himself is all he knows. And so it is all knowledge. For what he knows not cannot be, and therefore cannot be given. Ask not to be forgiven, for this has already been accomplished. Ask rather to learn how to forgive and to restore what always was to your unforgiving mind. At one moment becomes real and visible to those who use it. On earth, this is your only function. 
and you must learn that it is all you want to learn. You will feel guilty till you learn this. For in the end, whatever form it takes, your guilt arises from your failure to fulfill your function in God's mind with all of yours. Can you escape this guilt by failing to fulfill your function here? You need not understand creation to do what must be done before oh, what must be done before that knowledge would be meaningful to you. God breaks no barriers, neither did he make them. When you release them, they are gone. God will not fail, nor ever has in anything. Decide that God is right and you are wrong about yourself. He created you out of himself, but still within him. He knows what you are. Remember that there is no second to him. There cannot, therefore, be anyone without his holiness, nor anyone unworthy of his perfect love. Fail not in your function of loving in a loveless place, made out of darkness and deceit. For thus are darkness and deceit undone. Fail not yourself, but instead offer to God and you his blameless son. For this small gift of appreciation for his love, for uh, God will himself exchange your gift for his. Before you make any decisions for yourself, remember that you have decided against your function in heaven, and then consider carefully whether you want to make decisions here. Your function here is only to decide against deciding what you want, in recognition that you do not know. How then can you decide what you should do? Leave all decisions to the one who speaks for God and for your function as he knows it. So will he teach you to remove the awful burden you have laid upon yourself by loving not the Son of God and trying to teach him guilt instead of love. Give up this frantic and insane attempt that teach you of the joy of living with your God and Father and of waking gladly to his love and holiness that join together as the truth in you making you one with him. When you have learned how to decide with God, all decision all decisions become as easy and as right as breathing. There is no effort, and you will be led as gently as if you are being carried down a quiet path in summer. Only your own volition seems to make deciding hard. The Holy Spirit will not delay in answering your every question what to do. He knows, and he will tell you, and then do it for you. <laughs> you who are tired will find this is more restful than sleep, for you can bring your guilt into sleeping, but not into this. Unless you are guiltless, you cannot know God, whose will is that you know him. Therefore, you must be guiltless. 
Yet if you do not accept the necessary conditions for knowing him, you have denied him, and you do not recognize him, though he is all around you. He cannot be known without his son, whose guiltlessness is the condition for knowing him. Accepting his son as guilty is denial of the father so complete that knowledge is swept away from recognition in the very mind where God himself has placed it. If you would but listen and learn how impossible this is, do not endow him with attributes you understand. I love that. Do not endow him with attributes you understand. You made him not, and anything you understand is not of him. Ha! Basically what he's saying is you don't understand anything, right? That's what it says. Your task is not to make reality. It is here without your making, but not without you. You would have tried to throw yourself away and value God so little. Hear me speak for him and for yourself. You cannot understand how much your father loves you, for there is no parallel in your experience of the world to help you understand it. There is nothing on earth with which it can compare, and nothing you have ever felt apart from him resembles it ever so faintly. You cannot even give a blessing in perfect gentleness. Would you know of one who gives forever and who knows of nothing except giving? The children of heaven live in the light of the blessing of their Father because they know that they are sinless. The atonement was established as the means of restoring guiltlessness to minds that have denied it and thus denied heaven to themselves. Atonement teaches you the true condition of the Son of God. It does not teach you what you are or what your Father is. The Holy Spirit, who remembers this for you, merely teaches you how to remove the blocks that stand between you and what you know. His memory is yours. If you remember what you made, you are remembering nothing. Remembrance of reality is in him and therefore in you. The guiltless and the guilty are totally incapable of understanding one another. Each perceives the other as like himself, making both unable to communicate, because each sees the other unlike the way he sees himself. God can communicate only to the Holy Spirit in your mind, because only he shares the knowledge of what you are with God, and only the Holy Spirit can answer God for you. For only he knows what God is. Everything else that you have placed within your mind cannot exist, for what is not in communication with the mind of God has never been. Communication with God is life. Nothing without it is at all. What a beautiful section. You can read that again today if you have time. It's, I, had, I was reading it kind of fast, but it's really an incredible section. This is um, 
chapter 14, your function in the environment. And with that, we are going to wrap it up for today. Let's just review one more time um, what the uh, lesson for the day is, right? The lesson for the day is a meaningless world engenders fear. Okay, that's what you're going to practice for today. I love you. Thank you for listening, right? I mean, we're always glad when you listen. I'm going to play your little song out of here. Listen to this.
Listening to Voice from Heaven live in the Miracles Healing Center. Remember that God's voice speaks to you all through the day, that God goes with you wherever you go, and that God is the mind with which you think. God bless us, everyone.